Namaste everyone, this is Akshita. I have been doing weekly Ayurveda satsangas online on Zoom every Saturday. Last Saturday, we had a satsanga on anxious, fearful and worrying mind. Here is the recording of this satsanga. Please listen on. Hello everyone, I see three people joining. This is Akshita. Maybe you guys are on mute. I mean, I would love you all to be on video so that this can be more like a satsanga. Can you all hear me? Yes. Thanks, Christine. Hi, Akshita. Hey, Mala. Nice to see you. <laughs> so good to see you. Can you all see my deck? Your what? Your, my presentation deck. Can you see that? I see. Is that you? Yeah, the statue. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. I'm just uh, accepting people in now because Zoom has made it quite secure. I have to manually admit everyone into the mm -hmm. meeting. Okay. In a way, it's good because nobody will come and uh, bomb us or hack us. <laughs> good to see you. Yeah, same here, Mala. So we have seven people joining. We had quite a few sign-ups. So let's just... You have a couple of minutes. No so can you all tell me from where you all are joining? Maybe write in the chat section or let me know. I mean, it would be really nice if you all come on video. I mean, um, if you don't feel comfortable, it's totally fine. But please let me know where you're all joining from. Wow, UK. Thank you, Georgia. Christine is Phoenix. Kashi is Virginia. Actually, I'm not from Phoenix. Oh. I don't know. It's I'm not Phoenix on my iPhone either, which is kind of interesting. Oh, it says you have joined from Christine's iPhone. Is that you? Uh, not on my iPhone. <laughs> okay. Maybe it's someone else. Where are you from then? I'm from Austin, Texas. Austin. Welcome. So are you Christine? Yes. Okay, yeah. thank you so much for joining, guys. So this is general public. This is not for my clients. So during this uh, virus pandemic, I thought I would just open my Ayurveda sharing to everyone who is interested. So I have got quite a few people subscribing, more than 8,000. So it's all over the world. So let's see who all are joining. This is my second satsanga. I started from last Saturday. We had Ayurveda fumigation last satsanga. If you guys are familiar with uh, fumigation, mm -hmm. it is um, a natural disinfectant in Ayurveda to purify your air inside your home. More importantly, it purifies your mind. Mm -hmm. It elevates the energy. So that was our very sat first satsanga we started off. And today's is the second one. 
So as people are joining, I will give another couple of minutes. Can you all tell me how new you are with Ayurveda? Do you know something just to get me an idea? I know just a little. Okay, good. So you are, you, do you practice yoga? How did you guys come to know about Ayurveda? I first heard about it and learned about it. Um, I took a nutritional class probably five years ago through the Institute of um, Integrative Nutrition. Okay. And it was... Oh, I've heard about it, Integrative Nutrition, yes. Yeah. Um, it was one of the mode, one of the modalities, I guess, of, of nutrition. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was interesting, really interesting. <laughs> good, good. I see someone on the video. Can you please introduce yourself, please? Georgia, I'm fairly new, but I have been eating kitchri, that's nice, and other Ayurvedic foods to lower your pitta. Okay, looks like you might be pitta dominant. Thank you. Very little kashi, just the three doshas, but I do re yoga regularly. This is Dondatella. Am I saying that name right? Yes, yes. I'm actually a yoga teacher, and I um, want to study more Ayurveda. And so, sure. in, uh, you know. so you are a local. I am in Phoenix too, more precisely in Chandler. Okay. But I love to have local people. Um, somehow, I was in IT before I made Ayurveda as my career. So the technology is a second nature. I have clients all over the world, but locally Phoenix, I have just a handful. So I'm very excited if anyone Phoenix joins. So welcome. Well, you are. Thank you. I just find you from the uh, Sedona Yoga Festival online that we had. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you get to um, come to my workshop online for Sedona Yoga Festival? That one, yeah, on, oh, on okay. during the Sedona Yoga Festival. Yes, I took a lot of notes. I said, yeah, very interesting take. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. And I think Eric has put the recording on the Sedona Yoga Festival website now. Yes, yeah, she sent I haven't looked at it yet, but yes. yeah. Yeah, there's so many now. <laughs> so, Taryn, is that how I say your name? Now learning about Prakriti and Vikruti and trying to identify. Very nice. I'm so glad you have so much interest in Ayurveda. So, what time is it? 1.35, okay. So, this is going to be a very informal um, satsanga. This is just coming together on a safe platform to discuss about Ayurveda. And I like to keep a topic every week so that we are focused on what we are discussing. And today's topic, as you all know, is upon Vata Dosha, because there's a lot of anxiousness, fear, worry that I can tangibly feel when I go out go for my walk or just stand in my backyard, I can feel the energy of the unknown is making people restless. So I thought I would do a satsang on this topic. And typically, not always, but almost 80 to 85% of the time, it is the vata dosha that is really responsible for creating anxious, fear, worry in our mind and body. 
So please ask me questions as we go along. I would prefer if you ask me uh, through the microphone rather than chatting, because sometimes it is a little difficult for me to look at the chats and also kind of go through my presentation deck. So I would prefer if you could ask the question. If not, I will try to see the chat as much as I can. Any questions so far? No, but people should unmute themselves so we can hear the background. And then when you need to talk, you click the microphone again. Yeah, I'm going to mute all of them. Okay. And if you guys uh, uh, want to talk, you need to just unmute it. Should we get started? I think we have 11 people now. So there might be more joining. Thank you, and hi. Oh, hi there. Nice to have you back again. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so we are just getting started, so. Okay, just one thing. I know if you run late, I have to get off at 5.30 because I have another one at 6. So. Okay, no worries. no worries. I'll just leave then. Hold on one second. So namaste again. Thank you for joining this uh, online satsanga. I'm really excited to have you all here. Um, hold on one second. Before I start any of my workshops, webinars, even my one-on-one -on -one consultations, I start with this prayer. This is one of my favorite prayer. So we'll just take a minute to, um, if you want, you can follow with me or you can just listen. The translation is on the um, right side. Um, this prayer really, really applies very well during our pandemic. Um, I'm getting some chat here. Hold on. I have to keep admitting. I said automatic admit, but still it doesn't do it. Oops, um, just take a moment to center yourself. And with folded palms, let's just get ready to receive the wisdom of Ayurveda in our life. Sarvesham Swastir Pavatu Sarvesham Shantir Pavatu Sarvesham Purnam Pavatu Sarvesham Shantir Sarvesham Mangalam Pavatu Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. This is one of my favorite prayer because it in, involves everyone in the well-being. Vedanta tells us if we want any desire, any aspirations in life, we need to include others first. And in that others, we have the right to ask anything we want in this life. And during this pandemic, I think we can pray for good health for everyone on this planet Earth. And in that everyone, we can include ourselves. So this is one of the special prayers for me. It really touches me every time um, I offer this. And before we get started, I wanted to just let you know, this is my guru, Parmahansa Yogananda. Uh, you all might be familiar with him. He's the author of the spiritual classic, Autobiography of a Yogi. 
And in this life, I started my guru's teaching in 1996 and have been practicing his Kriya Yoga since the year 2000. So just to say it in one line, my life has no meaning without my guru, Paramahansa Yogananda. And I always start with his blessings uh, whenever I do any workshops or webinars. So we are talking about Vata Dosha today. So uh, please, as I said, ask questions or write in the chat section. I wanted to start this webinar by giving our respects to the Lord Hanuman. He's also called as the monkey god. Most of you might be familiar. Um, this is the uh, statue that sits on my consultation table. And this photo was clicked just recently. We had Hanuman Jayanti. That's the birthday celebrating Lord Hanuman. And I'd offered some vegetable fritters to him. And you might feel it a little odd. Generally, it's a sweet dish that is offered to a deity in India. But here, you, it's an exception. For Hanuman, generally, the offer is called as medu vada. But I didn't have the time to make that. It's made with lentils. So what I made is just this vegetable fritters made with the chickpea flour. The reason you give something deep fried food to Lord Hanuman, because Lord Hanuman is the son of Vayuputra. So he's the Lord that balances the air and the ether element, the Vata Dosha in us. And to ground the Vata Dosha, we need something heavy and um, comforty food. So deep fried foods are generally given to Lord Hanuman because he kind of grounds us and gives us stability in life. So this is the reason I thought I, thought I would just add this photo since we are talking about Vata Dosha today. Any questions so far? I see someone else joining. Oh, Jai Guru from Lulu. Oh, are you a follower of Parman's Yogananda? Yes, I am. Oh, welcome. Because Thank you. <laughs> not everyone says Jai Guru, so. Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not very long, just since uh, 2016. Oh, okay. Yes. That's good to have a spiritual member here. Uh, so before we begin, I need to give this quick disclaimer. So this is not a medical advice and whatever I'm offering in Ayurveda here is not going to promise you that it's going to treat, heal, cure any diseases. It is just sharing my own personal Ayurveda lifestyle. And um, this is authentically how I live. And I am just sharing what I do in my own personal life. So before we get on to Vata Dosha, how the symptoms manifest, what are the ways we can um, look into Ayurveda for remedies, I just quickly want to touch on Ayurveda because there are quite a few people who are very new to Ayurveda and some know about it. So just to give you an introduction so that you can understand what Vata Dosha is all about. So the main purpose of Ayurveda is to protect health of the healthy and elevate disorders in the deceased. So the big pillar of Ayurveda is preventative. And that's where my passion is, is to give the practical application of Ayurveda. And the, the philosophy behind this is you don't have to fall sick to be healthy. Being healthy is our righteous duty. It is our swadharma. That's what is written in the um, spiritual Vedanta text. 
So to protect the health of the healthy is one of the biggest pillar of Ayurveda. But if you go and look into the ancient texts of Ayurveda, you will see that in fact plastic surgery and major heart surgeries were invented in Ayurveda thousands and thousands of years ago. So it is very good and reactive as well because major surgeries and medical treatment has also been um, administered through Ayurveda. But my focus is more on preventative. And I truly believe that if we live healthy, and that's our righteous duty is to be healthy, uh, Ayurveda almost promises us you won't fall um, into the deceased state of body or mind if you live according to the guidelines given by Ayurveda. So the definition of Ayurveda is quite deep and it is all, um, it encompasses everything. What I tell to my clients is in the Western medicine, if you go to a doctor, if your blood work and all your vital, vital uh, signs, the blood pressure and things like that are normal, you are defined as healthy person. That is just a one facet in Ayurveda. The definition of Ayurveda uh, on the health is pretty intense. It is one whose all three doshas are in balance. What that means is vata, pitta, and kapha. We'll touch that um, uh, in the next slide. Appetite is wholesome. Digestion is strong. All body tissues are functioning favorably. Excretion is regular. That is very important in Ayurveda. You have to have a regular bowel every day and preferably at the same time every day. And mind is in a state of bliss in tune with the spirit. So if you have all this running according to what it says, that's when Ayurveda says you're really a truly healthy person. So it is considering the body-mind connection here and the spirit as well. So the definition of um, health in Ayurveda is pretty lofty. It expects a lot from us. And it is very scientific because... Ayurveda has been tested in the laboratory of life for thousands of years. It's not been tested just for like a year or two years within the confined walls of a laboratory. It is the laboratory of life. And it has been tested on a newborn to all the way to the person who is dying and everyone in between. So the same data has been given almost consistently by administrating Ayurveda on generations to generations in India. So what is Ayurveda? So this is again very high level. What it says, the whole creation of ours, which looks very complex and vast, is made up of only five elements. And these five elements are ether, air, fire, water, and earth. So ether, air, these are the subtle elements. Fire is in the midpoint, it is subtle and gross, but water and earth start to be the gross elements of the creation. So the subtlest element of creation is ether and the gross is earth. So these are the five building blocks of our creation and it's also called as Panchamahabhutas. And from these Panchamahabhutas, the permutation and combination of these five elements have come into three constitutions called as doshas. These are all Sanskrit words. What that means is body constitution. In Ayurveda, like if I take myself as an example, it doesn't identify me as akshata. It says, what is your body type? What is your mind type? What is your personality, body and mind? 
So I am Pitta Kapha. So that's how Ayurveda identifies me. It doesn't identify what's my name, what's my last name, which country I was born in. What it needs is my unique blueprint that I was born in. So my doshas, Pitta Kapha. So the five elements that we saw, those are broken into doshas called Vata, Pitta and Kapha. Vata dosha also has all the five elements. Pitta and Kapha also have all the five elements. But Vata has air and ether more dominant than the other three. In Pitta, the fire and water is the dominant element that makes the Pitta dosha. And in Kapha, it is earth and water. So the main, the first step into living an Ayurveda lifestyle is to know your constitution. Uh, the analogy I give to my clients and in my webinars is like we are like a sophisticated gadget. I wish we were born with a how to take care of manual. Unfortunately, we have not. Uh, but Ayurveda is like a reference manual for life. Once you identify your constitution, it tells you how to live life basically. You start living the way it is told at least 70 to 80% of your time you will find the life to be more purposeful, more fulfilled. And I can talk to myself here. Um, I feel, this is just my opinion, like we flirt with life, with aimless aspirations and desires. We see someone going into this career. We say, hey, this is the trend. Let's get into this career. We see someone buy this car. We go and buy this car. So we really don't know what we want and why we are here. But once we have a committed relationship um, is when we find purpose in life. So I feel we get into a committed relationship in life only when we find purpose in life. Other than, until then, we're just flirting with life is my opinion. So if you can, please let me know what your doshas are in the chat or you can uh, speak through the microphone just to know what body type you all are. I would be really interested to know if anyone is Vata dominant here because that is the workshop we are doing. And I'm just um, going through the slides, but if you have any questions, I'm very open and would love to answer them. As I said, it's very informal. So I'm Vata dominant. Very bad. Again, please. I am Vata dominant. Perfect. So please ask me questions, okay, as we go along, because I would like to address the questions more. This is just to have some structure. I have the deck. We don't have to follow the deck uh, to each and every slide. So let's just see. There's some chat here. Pitta Kapha, Kashi, Tarin is Vata, Georgia is Vata Pitta. Good. I'm unsure. <laughs> Oh, that's okay. We can, uh, you can always figure it out. Maybe the slide can help you too. But just understanding the qualities of Vata Dosha, Pitta Dosha, you might get a sense that you might be this Dosha. So what Ayurveda says is this building blocks, the air, the ether, air, fire, earth, and water. These five building blocks also built the creation outside and also builds our body and mind. So Prakriti is something we are born with. So it can be, um, I call it like a blueprint. The moment we are born on this planet Earth, we come with a constitution and it is designed at birth for us. 
So you can be either a Vata dominant personality, you can be a Pitta dominant personality, you can be a Kapha dominant personality. You can be Vata Pitta, Pitta Kapha or Vata Kapha personality. So 85 to 90% of the population falls into combination of doshas. It's very rare to find just a Vata dominant personality or Pitta. As I said before, my personality is Pitta Kapha. So Pitta is the dominant dosha. Kapha is a little subdominant, and Vata is passive dosha in me. So all three doshas reside in everyone, but it is the percentage of the elements makes us unique. So even if you get another Pitta Kapha personality, we won't be similar. And that's why that's the beauty of Ayurveda. It identifies who you are. It identifies your blueprint. And I always say Ayurveda is customized to your cellular level, and it is that accurate. There's another dosha, which I have not put here. I mean, I just quizzed this. These are all slides from my Ayurveda certification courses. So um, the other dosha is tridoshic, meaning vata, pitta, kapha, all three doshas are pretty similarly balanced in a person. They are very rare to find, but they are there. In my own clients, I have about four people who are tridoshic. And um, it is it is possible to have all three doshas in a fairly balanced proportion in you. And now, right now, we are in the spring season. So tridoshic person will have more of a kapha imbalance. So they go with the season. They go with the, uh, basically how the mother nature changes the environment. Their doshas also change. So it's fairly simple if you're tridoshic. But if you're not, it doesn't mean... Like I'm pitta kapha and I, it's the spring season. I might have some kapha imbalance, but it's not necessarily I'll always have kapha imbalance. I can have pitta imbalance even in spring. But for tridoshic, it becomes fairly simple is what I was trying to say. It seems like pitta and vata are so different. So having imbalance in both can be confusing. Yes, you're absolutely right. In fact, they are kind of uh, opposites. Um, what is ether, mala? That is space. Something where you cannot put a, a bracket, you cannot put it in a box. It's the space. We are all in the space. Everything is created in the space. So that's why Vata people, since they are made of um, air and space, you can see their mind to be spaced out a little when they are imbalanced. I hope that answers your question, Mala. And Georgia agreed. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for the questions. Uh, keep them coming. Any questions on the dosha and the blueprint before we move on? I do have a question, actually, because um, I always, all the tests, every time I take a test, I want to see if I have some pitta because um, I do not have the uh, typical vata body. I'm always being very strong physically, but every time I do the test, I'm like off the chart vata and then a little bit of pitta and then nothing, one or two of tatha. Mm -hmm. And I used to be a very peaceful, quiet person. And now, I don't know, I guess after my 40s, I developed and now all of a sudden I cannot stop talking. I'm always moving. I cannot sit down. Cannot, I have to move. I don't know. It should be, I mean, the older you get, you should be more sedentary instead of a more older. I'm trying, now, I'm, because of being a yoga teacher, I'm 
training myself, you know, to do the meditation and the things. But my first reaction is to be more on the moving side. Yeah. But the body, so the body, I don't have a physical body. Besides, I'm Italian, so I have the hips or less pronounced now, but uh, I always have that. So, and I always have like very muscle, so much muscle in the thighs. So I don't look like the typical Vata. Um, if I look at you on the video, it is a really small screen. So I'm just uh, well, making my good guess. The- yeah, yeah. the top part re- looks vata to me. Yes. Um, and, uh, I'm not big. I can. I've never been big, but to yeah. you know, but I have never been even minute. I'm a regular size. You know, maybe for American standards, I look thin. But the, in Italy, uh, I'm a regular size. I'm taller. Mm-hmm. I'm five. I'm five five. You know, it's not like I'm not really that skinny. I'm 120, between 115 and 120 pounds. So it's not like I'm like not big, nor not super thin, right? Right. So, so why do you think I always come up as Vata? It might be your dominant dosha. And also what I want to say is sometimes we may be, I'm just giving an example, hypothetically. Let's say a person is pitta dominant person but they can be vata dominant in mind. So what I give an analogy is like a kite, you know, kite, right? Wherever the wind flows, the kite flows. Mm -hmm. So same is true with the vata mind is like when it is imbalanced, it doesn't have grounding, it doesn't have stability and it doesn't have direction and that is crucial. And it just flow goes where the wind goes. So 85% of my client is vata dominant. And I don't know why I attracted that kind, but it's very interesting to see is when they are imbalanced in mind, the only thing that comes to me is like a flying kite. The left hand doesn't know what right hand is doing. So they are totally spaced out. And sometimes they tell you something, they promise you something, but the very next day they forget what they said. And in corporate world, because coming from IT, I do attract some corporate clients as well. That's That seems like they have... That that points a bad finger on their character. It, it points finger on their integrity because they commit to something, but they don't remember, and then they don't deliver it, and it, it really creates a mark on their personality. So I feel you might be Vata in mind. Yes, I am. Uh, dominant. So that can trigger it, and, and it's very crucial to balance Vata, and it's very... Of all the three doshas, vata dosha is the difficult, the most difficult to balance. And the tricky thing is if vata is imbalanced, it's called king of doshas. It will pull the pitta and kapha down as well. So of all the three doshas, vata takes the more time to keep it balanced. It takes more time to pacify it. And if you don't pay attention to balancing vata, it is almost guaranteed that pitta and kapha will also come down. So it is very important. In the slides, you will get some practical tips and advice how to balance it. So I hope that answers your question. Okay. Yes, um, I have more, but I can do it. Yeah, now. please. Yeah, go along. So as I was saying, there's a tridoshic personality as well. So this blueprint, what the Vedanta and the yogic philosophy tell us is we borrow our, a personality. What that means is it's already designed by your own choice, by your own will, how we've lived our life. So it is karmically 
how we are designed. That's how we are born with that constitution in this life. And also, we generally, um, not generally, we choose our parents. So depending on our parents' doshas also, we have our own doshas. So I'm Pitta Kapha. My mother was Kapha dominant and my father was Pitta dominant. So I did get their doshas too in me. So it is your karmic uh, pattern and your parents that really determine your prakriti, that is your blueprint you're born with. I hope you understand that. This is like the basic um, principle of Ayurveda, how the um, constitution is built in Ayurveda. I saw some chat here. Hold on, let me just see. Uh, I have been balancing Pitta. So it's best to focus only on Vata, even if Pitta imbalances come up as well. Uh, it's not that easy. If you have Pitta imbalance, you have to correct the imbalance of Pitta too. But make sure when you're balancing Pitta, you don't aggravate Vata. So we'll talk about that more as we go along the slides. Um, if you guys can give me a specific example, I'll let you know. Uh, Georgia says I've been balancing Pitta, but should be balancing Vata at the same time. They're both very high with very low Kapha. Yes. See, this all comes with experience. If you read books, what you read is, okay, to balance Vata, it is this. To balance Pitta, this is this. To balance Kapha, this is this. So it's very black and white. What I tell is Ayurveda has many shades of gray. So it is with experience, with, it is with practical knowledge that you will know if there's an imbalance in Pitta, how would you um, craft a diet? How would you craft a lifestyle that makes sure that your Pitta doesn't get aggravated while you're balancing Vata or your Pitta is getting balanced and your Vata is getting aggravated? So it comes with experience. Um, you have to start living Ayurveda, is what my guru says and my teacher says. It's only then you will know how to balance the doshas. It's not like you read a book and you get it. So unfortunately, that's not how classical Ayurveda works. You have to live it. Then you will on, on your own start getting that wisdom how to balance it. But if you guys can give me a specific example, I will let you know. If it's for the physical body, I'll let you know the diet. If it's for the mental, I'll let you know how to balance the mental vata imbalance. So an example would work, uh, just giving a, a statement is, is very vague right now. So this is Vata Dosha. As we know, it's made up of ether and air elements. The qualities of Vata, there are few Vata dominant here and you might relate to it. Dryness goes big time, have dry skin, dry hair. Um, it is a subtle element, so they are very creative and spiritual at the same time, Vata personalities. They have sharpness to them. It's mobile, light, rough, and cool. So these are the attributes that define the dosha. So from season perspective, when does Vata start? It starts from fall, and it goes up to late winter. Right now, what season are we in? I just said that, but let's see how many of you were paying attention. What season are we in? What dosha season according to Ayurveda? Can someone tell or chat? It's Pita. Right now. In April. What what country are you Lulu? I'm in Virginia, so that's the eastern coast of the United States. 
Where Where exactly? In, uh, I'm sorry. We're in uh, uh, Virginia. Oh, and Virginia. Okay. I guess I guess Pita Pet is that how you say it? Pita, yes. Pita. We are getting into Pita. Yes, Mala Kafa. And someone says iPhone. I don't know who that person is. Is Kafa? Yes. The answer is Kafa. We will be getting into Pita for sure. Another oh. month, month and a half. But right now we are in the Kafa period of the um, season because it's still spring. That's why I was asking in Virginia too. I have lived in um, Reston, uh, Virginia. It is spring right there now, right? I mean, you have flowers blooming, and uh, yes, it sure looks pretty. So it has to be spring. Yes. And it's in between like 80 degrees and, you know, 30 degrees. We don't know what it's going to (laughs) be. Yeah. But still, I think you haven't started summer. The onset of summer will start maybe another week or two, I guess. Probably about four weeks. Probably in June, it starts getting really hot here. Yeah. Yeah. But the the onset of Pitta imbalance starts before the summer starts too. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. The onset of Pitta influence will start. For us here in Arizona, where I live, the summers are brutal. And I'm Pitta dominant. I have to pay extra, extra attention to keep my Pitta in balance. Um, Taryn says trying to balance physical water to work through constipation and dryness. Yes. But then my pitta becomes unbalanced and diarrhea and overheating occurs. Yeah, it is typical. That's what I was saying is like when you try to balance pitta, the vata will get imbalanced. If you try to balance vata, it's pitta. Because they are kind of like in opposites. So um, Sujata from Seattle. Oh, okay, iPhone. Thank you. No, you're perfect. So let me just go through this and I'll start taking questions. We'll just finish this to kind of get you an idea of what Vata is. So uh, it goes until late winter and there are six tastes in Ayurveda. As I said, I'm giving very high level here. It is sweet, sour, salty, bitter, pungent and astringent. So before the food pyramid came into being, the recommended daily allowances we heard about Ayurveda more than 10,000 years ago. It says 5,000 years in Google, but it's way more than 10,000 years because Ayurveda was first uh, given to everyone through um, oral tradition. It's called a Sampradaya, and that's why it is more than 10,000 years ago. And to balance Vata, what they say is eat more of the sweet, sour, and salty tasting foods to pacify Vata dosha. Sweet because sweet is very grounding and sweet is heavy to digest. So that grounds the air and ether element. So sweet is really very much highly recommended for Vata Dosha. But please don't um, misunderstand when I say sweet. That doesn't mean white sugar. It means energetically sweet foods that have sweet, like white basmati rice has sweetness in it. And it's excellent food for Vata Dosha. White rice has gotten a lot of beating, especially here in the U.S. and Western culture. But basmati rice is a blessing to calm the nervous system of vata dosha. It is, yes, don't eat a big bowl of basmati rice. What I'm saying is a small portion of basmati rice with a good portion of vegetables or a protein source is good to calm your vata, especially in the mind. So basmati rice is, is not only sweet, 
it is sattvic by nature. So there are three gunas in Ayurveda. It is tamasic, rajasic, and sattvic. And rice is very sattvic. And most of the vata-dominant personalities have a huge imbalance in vata mind. So whenever the anxiousness, fear starts, I always say get a bowl of basmati rice. A small bowl with ghee is excellent. Question. Sure. Um, well, now because of the uh, situation where we're in, I'm running low of basmati rice. So I got a big bag of rice that I never heard. It's called Sona Mans Masuri. Sona Masuri, yes. It's very good, actually. Yeah. Is, yeah. is it? It looks like almost like very similar to basmati. Is right. That very good question you asked. So, when you buy rice. Look at it. In Ayurveda, I always encourage people to observe the food that you're cooking. Observe it. Basmati rice, if you see the grain of the rice is thin and slender. Sona Masuri, you'll see them to be shorter in length and they're a little bulkier. They are more a little, you can feel like they are more kapha dosha and uh, basmati rice is more vata dosha. It's yeah. more lean and very well defined. Having said that, Sona Masuri, the shorter the rice and thicker it is, it gets more starch. So if the rice is sticky and starchy, it increases kapha. What that means is that it increases mucus in your body. So during this virus pandemic, I have been telling people to avoid starchy rices because that creates excess mucus. We don't want to compromise our respiratory health with this coronavirus. We don't want excess mucus built up. So... During this situation, particularly during our pandemic, I would say stay away from it. But if you haven't found any other rice, I know there's a lot of shortages out there, then eat it with little more warming spices so that you don't build a lot of mucus. Okay. Does that help? Like put more ginger in it, put more garlic, make it very savory so that even if that extra starch creates mucus, this warming spices can kind of uh, at least uh, not make it that severe and cut the severity of uh, this mucus formation. Um, let's see, there was some one more chat come up. I'm working to clear a candida overgrowth and rice isn't recommended. Even though I felt basmati rice to be very grounding, I have been avoiding it to see if it helps. Okay, um, that's good. I know candida growth is directly linked to sugar, but it is not for white rice because I have recommended to my clients white basmati rice when they had candida. This sweet is a very sattvic sweet. You cannot compare it to a sweet in a dessert, in a cookie or a cupcake. Candida overgrowth happens with bad kind of sugars. It can never happen with good kind of sugar. So I, if you were to ask me, I would not say cut rice out, but there might be other things in your diet we can look into that might be triggering it. But I would not believe that candida overgrowth happens because of eating rice, unless you've eaten it too much. What I say is you have to have good fiber vegetables. I eat in my home white basmati rice and I eat like almost double the portion of my rice as my vegetables. And I eat only basmati rice. The reason is because I don't want to build starch. My subdominant is kapha dosha. So I am prone to um, getting more mucus in my body. 
and it's also uh, quite fattening the other rice because of the starch so if possible try to go for the basmati one but good questions i really uh, love the questions coming in and for vata dosha all spices are good i mean you can just indulge yourself in any savory food any spices technically all spices are warming in ayurveda but there are certain spices that are heating in ayurveda like black pepper ginger uh, karam seeds uh, help me uh, all the indians here um cloves so those are all warming spices they really help vata dosha to ignite the digestive fire because vata dosha people have low digestive fire and you need the help of spices to stoke the fire it is not just to make the dish flavorable but also to strengthen your digestion and vata diet as you know eat warm i would say if you are vata dominant please avoid eating raw and cold at least not the first meal in your day most of my clients almost all have stopped drinking smoothies first thing in the morning when you are vata dominant you cannot have a smoothie first thing because you are almost putting ice on the burning um flame or log of uh, fire you are first of all the digestive fire is low in vata people when you drink cold smoothie you are making it more worse rather than igniting the fire so i would say warm savory dish is best for vata to stoke even a oatmeal warm i would say making an oatmeal in a savory kind of a dish is far better than eating a sweet uh, oatmeal first thing in the morning unless you are severely imbalanced in vata mind then i would say go for a sweet oatmeal but if you are imbalanced in vata body i would say go for a savory dish in the morning i hope you guys understand the difference so here i've written what are good green beans are best for vata dosha and um, routine is the mantra to balance vata dosha as long as you follow the routine the vata is in check so you can read this so i'm not really going into this um so the energetic body we all know chakras right the seven chakras that we have the heart and the throat chakra belongs to vata dosha because the heart is what the air element throat is the ether element it is the anahata chakra and throat is the vishuddhi chakra so these are where vata really resides so when person has vata imbalance that's why the fear the anxiousness the uncertainty bothers them a little more than the pitta and kapha people is because it impacts the heart chakra the anahata and also they have a hard time expressing their fear their anxiousness and even if they and as i said before they commit to <coughs> projects which they cannot fulfill is because their throat chakra the vishuddhi is imbalanced because of the ether element and when the vishuddhi chakra is imbalanced they are really not aware what all they have committed in life so it has to be balanced so when i try to balance a vata imbalanced client i work on the heart and the vishuddhi chakra the physical location of the vata is in the colon and uh, most of you who are familiar little bit of ayurveda you know it's all about excretion 
So if your vata is balanced, you will have normal stool. You will have it every day and preferably at the same time or else you will have dry stools. You have constipation, you have bloating, IBS and the list goes on. So excretion is ruled by vata dosha. So we have to be very careful how the vata works in our body and mind. And movement and communication. So what I'm talking to you, moving my eyelids, any movement in the body and mind is governed by the king dosha vata. Uh, all the nutrients, when the digestion happens, the nutrients that are assimilated in all the tissues in Ayurveda, it is called as saptadatus. That nutrient that is being assimilated in the tissues is done by vata because it is the carrier of the nutrients. If the vata is not well balanced, the nutritions are not well delivered to all the tissues. It is the FedEx of the system now. You know, we are so thankful for all the Amazon people and the FedEx getting us all the stuff we want during this pandemic. So vata is the delivery guy for us. Uh, we have to make sure that delivery guy is taken well care or else we'll have malnutrition and all complications in health. And pranayamas, kapalbhati and anulom vilom really work wonders for vata dosha. Um, these two you can easily Google and see. Kapalbhati is an exaggerated exhalation and that creates a lot of heat in the body. One caution is if you are on your periods, in your menstrual cycle, please never do kapal bhati in all those five days. And if you have migraines, don't do it when you have a migraine. And anulom vilom is a very balancing because it balances the left and the right hemisphere. And you can do it even before going to bed to have a sound sleep. So these two pranayams really work. So I thought I would include them. Um, and comforty foods. So vata dosha, what one thing I like about this is they can eat sweet, sour, salty. What's there to not like, right? Poor thing, pitta people, we have to go for bitter, astringent and sweet. There is sweet. But for kapha, I really feel for kapha because they have to eat bitter, astringent and pungent foods. They have to really not avoid sweets or eat them in real strict moderation. So sweet, sour, salty, we are addicted here in the US, right? Salty foods, sour foods are all fermented foods, yogurt, and sweet is, as I said, energetically sweet, not our cupcakes and our muffins. But in general, I think vata dosha can really have a good time in their diet if they know to eat well and if they know to cook uh, creative meals using those three tastes. And one fat I would say that really balances vata dosha and is the best friend of vata is ghee. And most of you know now, right? Ghee clarified butter, I see it in every grocery store. And I also tell my clients, if I have some vegan clients who are like religiously vegan, but I have convinced them to eat ghee as a medicine. Because when they are severely vata imbalanced, no matter of how much avocado oil, uh, olive oil, cashew nuts, avocados, any amount of plant oil or fat you eat, it doesn't make the same impact as ghee. It is being proved even here. I work with uh, one of the top Ayurveda doctors. They have done so much research. Ghee is the only fat that penetrates all the seven tissues in our body. And that's why in Ayurveda, ghee is the medium used to administer Ayurveda herbs because it goes to every cell of our body. 
So in a very small, like one teaspoon to three teaspoon a day, I tell them to take it as a medicine and forget it is not vegan. So ghee is very important if you are severely imbalanced in vata. Any questions here? Are you following this? Are you liking this? Any feedback? Because see, this webinars, you don't know what it is. You know, it's like um, saying it to the wall. I can only see one. So, okay, I see a thumbs up. Thank you. So please let me know um, how this is. Is the pacing good? Can you all hear me properly? And chanting and meditation is crucial for Vata-dominant people because they're made up of air and ether, right? I said, and that those are the subtle elements. So um, naturally, they gravitate towards creativity. They gravitate towards spiritual things. They are very spiritual by nature. I don't say religious, okay? There is a difference. They are very spiritual. So chanting, meditation, getting to be in tune with your higher self comes very natural for Vata Dosha. And I always encourage them. In fact, if they don't do that, that distance creates the imbalance in mind. So the more connected they are within themselves to their higher self, the Vata mind immediately gets balanced. Very interesting. Thank you, Sujata. Do you have a dosha test? Yes, I do have it on my website. Uh, you can check it at jivalifestyle.com. Kashi says, very good. Thank you. Lulu, this is great. I like it. Thank you. Thank you. That means a lot because I don't know. I just don't want you to doze off. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I've been using a lot of ghee, you know, and makes a difference. It does, right? Yeah, please yes. share your experience. Mala, I cook you. sometimes in ghee and coconut oil also. Is coconut oil good for vata? Coconut oil is not bad, yeah. But um, ghee is better. coconut oil is much better for pitta dosha, if you were to okay. ask me. Number one would be for pitta. Vata can do with it. But the only thing is, if you have any cholesterol issues, then I would also be careful on coconut. I mean, definitely careful on ghee. But there have been researches done now. Ghee really doesn't contribute to cholesterol. Right. It was the other um, lifestyle. But coconut oil, I would be a little careful. Um, it's really a best friend for, for pitta. Uh, oh, not because so it's cooling. Mm -hmm. You need a little warming for vata dosha because the, the attribute, the, the nature of vata is cool. So if you give coconut oil, you're hitting cool with cool. And the principle of Ayurveda is like increases like. So okay. if you're cool, you have to eat the opposite. You have to eat the water right. and balance it. So, but thank you. Thank you for asking. Mm -hmm. uh, there are three more chats. Let me just look at them quickly. Uh, Mala, it is very informative. Thank you. Could listen about Ayurveda for hours. I know I can give it for hours. I, <laughs> thank you for sharing your knowledge and insight. Oh, thank you. I use ghee daily. Thank you. And if you guys want, I really want to, I'm go, digressing a little, but I don't think I have the photo here. Since we are talking about ghee, I just remembered the best way is to make it at home, please. And it takes only 15 to 20 minutes. And if you guys are interested in knowing how to make a ghee, I can just do a free satsanga and show you how to make a Would ghee. Would love that. And I always say, I buy, and this is, I pay full price to this brand, okay? I have no royalty, no affiliation. But as far as I know, this is the only brand that sells organic cultured butter. I'll write it in the chat section here. And that is Organic Valley 
unsalted cultured butter if you want to make an authentic ayurvedic ghee you have to use cultured butter not all butters come from cultured butter in the us i have done some research the unsalted butter you have which doesn't write cultured butter on it it is made by using salt enzymes they never culture the cream so it has never curdled you know when my mother used to make and i'm sure um mala and uh, i again forgot your name uh vedika no what's your name again vani oh never mind i don't think she's there um how we used to do is they used to collect the cream of the fresh milk then they would put yogurt in the cream so that gets cultured then the butter would happen then they would collect the butter and then they would hand um what is it called um hand churning of the butter and then the ghee used to be made out of it so that is the right way to do but the butter we get here especially in the us the unsalted butter is not made by cultured cream it is made by just adding salt enzymes so i would strongly suggest make ghee from this brand and if you guys find another organic brand that sells cultured unsalted butter please let me know because i have been using organic valley for like more than 15 years now and i makes really good ghee and if you guys are interested in me showing how to make authentic ghee please write in the chat section i can make a satsanga and we can do the ghee together so just wanted to share that what time is it 230 okay vata people have weak digestion again there are three agnis i'm just sharing this um very quickly these again slides are from my ayurveda certification courses um visham agni there is jatar agni that is the main agni of ayurvedic digestion but for vata uh, dosha the vata agni is visham agni for pitta it is tikshna agni and for kapha it is a mand agni so for vata dosha the visham agni is very weak and variable so by default the digestive fire of vata dosha is weak and variable it doesn't matter if you are balanced vata or imbalanced vata that is how the agni is so vata people have to be very careful what kind of foods they put in their body so that they can digest it completely ayurveda says it's not just about eating healthy nutritious food but that healthy nutritious food you need to digest it if you don't digest that builds the toxins and eventually that leads to physical manifestation of disease so you have to remember vata dominant people have a weak and variable digestion so anyone wants to ask a question on digestion i would like to know make okay thank you yes please yes interested yeah please uh, i will i will do a session maybe we can do it next week or the following week after that uh so it is delicate and variable so please keep that in mind what happens is most of the vata dominant people they don't feel hungry every day either because of the variable digestive fire some days they feel so hungry that they literally um go and attack the food as though they have not eaten for days certain days they just don't feel hungry certain days they are on and off so it's very variable that variable digestive fire also imbalances vata big time 
So here are some information about vata digestion. The common symptoms are gas, bloating, gurgling a lot, constipation, and again, sensitivity to raw, cold, and hard to digest foods. So if vata dominant people here, if you're having smoothies, I would strongly encourage shift to making juices because the raw fiber in the smoothies the Visham Agni doesn't have the capacity to digest the smoothie, even though it is high prana, raw food, alive food. But no matter how alive you eat, you have to digest it, according to Ayurveda. The, the mantra is, you are what you digest. It's not you are what you eat. So you have to focus on foods that you can digest, not necessarily how alive or high prana the foods are. Especially the yoga teachers, they are prone to eating a lot of raw salads, drinking a lot of smoothies, thinking it's high prana, high nutrition. But unfortunately, vata dominant cannot digest raw. And Ayurveda strictly recommends going for cooked savory foods for vata personalities. And as I said, appetite fluctuates. So I said this a little earlier than showing the slide. So again, the mental imbalance is anxiety, fear, worry, insecurity, indecisiveness. So those all come with the vata imbalance territory. So these are certain herbs that you can uh, apply in your daily uh, lifestyle so that you can balance vata. Fresh ginger is a blessing for vata dosha. Don't use dry ginger. Dried ginger is called as shunti in India. Dried ginger is energetically more heating, but it is more airy and drying. So that increases vata. So here it is specifically said fresh grated ginger, not the dry ginger powder. You can make tea out of it. You can put them in any of your savory soups, casseroles that ignites the digestive fire. It also keeps a, um, a routine for your digestion. If you have ginger on a daily basis, it also makes you feel hungry. It's quite appetizing. Ajwain is carom seeds. Does everyone know about carom seeds? If you are a baker, you would know. People do put carom seeds in cookies. So that also is good for increasing the digestion. So if a vata dominant people, you should always eat spices that ignite the digestive fire. Hing is asaphodita. That's another blessing for vata dominant people. You do get hing. If you are interested, I'll let you know an online website which sells USDA certified organic asaphodita and it's one of the best qualities. I personally have it from that company. Uh, if you are interested, please let me know. I'll let you know in the chat section. Asaphodita, I have done a podcast on it. I'll share with you a uh, later point. You can listen to that podcast, why Asaphodita is important for Vata Dosha. I did an interview with a person, and we have gone through um, amazing benefits Hing delivers. Uh, if you have it, not just ingesting it, you can also apply it topically. Turmeric, I think everyone knows about turmeric. I mean, it's so popular now. It is energetically heating, so the pitta people have to be careful. Right now, during our pandemic, having turmeric is amazing. Fresh ginger is amazing. Black pepper is amazing. Um, so even that, if you 
have it is very good for vata people but make sure turmeric you have it in the right way um just don't put it in a smoothie or a juice because turmeric that curcumin in turmeric is bioavailable only when it is mixed with a medium of fat and some kind of a heat like black pepper so the turmeric has to be mixed with a medium of fat like ghee or oil or butter and it should be mixed with like some paprika or black pepper or chilies so those two factors are needed for turmeric to go 100% bioavailable in us so just don't put turmeric in everything and anything black cumin seeds are very good for vata dosha we generally get brown but black ones are really good for vata dosha haritaki is a ayurvedic herb this is the one you find in trifala most of you might know trifala the popular ayurvedic herb this is the three fruits three is three phala means fruits haritaki amalaki and uh, bibitaki are in trifala haritaki helps to balance vata amalaki helps to balance pitta and bibitaki helps to balance kapha dosha so these are certain herbs if you can incorporate them and you will see tangible results in balancing vata dosha so i have two charts here please cause i haven't found asafoetida in stores yeah i'll let you know asafoetida is okay this is the um, pure indian foods pure oops indianfoods.com so if you go to my i'll give you my podcast link here hold on i was going to give you at a later point but let me just give it to you here this is my podcast dosha karma dharma here is the link check this podcast i have done a hing interview and um there is a giveaway it is still running on if you uh, follow the giveaway rules you might get one free hing bottle shipped anywhere in the us so check out that podcast episode on hing and um, you might win a hing bottle who knows <laughs> question for you sure this you have this list of spices and all is there any way we can get it or is it on your website which spices oh, no, whatever you're talking about the vata dosha like the list you went through now the turmeric yeah. and everything is it on your website by any chance to buy no no to to make a note because this we are just seeing the slides oh yeah it- if you guys want i can send this recording i'm recording it okay if you can, so can that'll s- be great yeah okay. i'll send the recording to you all so you don't have so just pay attention to what i'm saying and if you have questions make use of this time and ask me questions because you can see this deck later on as well so i'm ready to take questions we don't have to go through each and every slide i think they're almost coming to an end uh it is already 237 so let me know if you have any questions can you hear me akshita yeah so uh how do we is is it uh, anxiety and uh, uh fear the those um, emotional uh, balancing of vata dosha is uh, can be corrected by way of meditation and uh, pranayama meditation and pranayama really work very well for balancing the vata mind for sure you are right but also for the mind to even get inclined for meditating and pranayama there are a lot of samskaras that will come in the way you know or repeated pattern of habits 
Diet is what I would say. Focus on the diet. Eat the right foods for Vata Dosha. That right foods will balance the mind. In Ayurvedic text, they say what you eat also makes up your mind. So um, there is a saying: is like if you go and meet an Ayurvedic uh, vaidya in India, and you have gone with a really bad day, and you've gone. um with a very crappy mood they won't ask you what was the situation why are you so mad what happened only question that vaidya will ask is what food did you eat because food is directly connected to your moods crappy food crappy moods good food good mood so diet and mantra and pranayama because i've seen people yeah mantra pranayama is good but making yourself sit and doing it that discipline comes only when we eat vata balancing foods or you will sit for 5 minutes the mind will roam somewhere and then you'll get out of your meditation room or anything and then switch on the tv or do whatever else but to sit to disciplinely to sit with that one focused attention in meditation we need to eat vata pacifying food and ghee really helps actually for meditation thank you so these are certain routine for vata lifestyle again i can send this as a recording but routine 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 is the mantra you know if you go to a real estate agent they'll say location 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 right <laughs> for selling the house for vata balancing i say routine 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 as long as you're disciplined you will balance vata dosha you are what you digest thank you lulu um so this is the lifestyle i would suggest if you follow this you will fairly balance your vata dosha at least for 80 to 90% i have done that and i i have i, I notice a difference when i'm off routine it's totally yeah. different yeah so this is uh, as i said the slides will be coming so just this is an idea what you need to eat and all and this is also how to uh, eat it like breakfast have it by 8 a.m. that would be beneficial lunch between 12 and 1 pm that's when our digestive enzymes are the strongest because it's the peak pitta time is when you have the heavy meal of the day dinner should be always a lighter meal your heaviest meal should be during pitta time and that is during lunch time so this is a basic guideline to balance vata so i don't want to go through each and every line you can read it and i can send this deck as a recording to you all and if you're really serious in balancing vata dosha this is a free webinar on my youtube channel called root your root chakra please listen to this you will get practical tips on how to balance your root chakra oops it's not so thing um i will send you the link hold on one second where is that link uh -huh. so this is the link for root your root chakra webinar Uh, if you're interested please um listen to this this is free and you will learn more because we need to balance our root muladhara chakra to balance our vata dosha because that is the foundation on which we live our life so please take a moment it, it is a 1 hour 30 minutes but you can watch it like 2 or 3 days um this is my podcast dosha karma dharma and i talk about ayurveda yoga and vedanta here so please listen to the episodes and one of my episodes here is exclusively on vata dosha so that will also give you a 
quite a, more information than what we covered today. Uh, and that is, I'll let you know here. This is the episode on Vata Dosha, Fall into Fall. Um, so this is the episode to listen to the Vata Dosha on my podcast. And I think there were some chat. Hold on, let me see. Can you give me any tips on trying to balance Pitta and Vata? Thank you. I'm going to one Lulu. Yes. Okay. And this is my website, jivalifestyle.com. So if you have any questions, you can always email me. It is jivalifestyle at gmail.com. You can learn quite a bit of Ayurveda on my website if you are very fairly new to it. And you'll also see what services I offer. I also do one-on-one -on -one consultations and I do have clients all over the world. And you won't believe I have clients who are very highly qualified medical doctors as well. So I'm very happy that Ayurveda is really becoming mainstream. And just last week, I got a leading pathologist from Los Angeles who is interested in incorporating Ayurveda for his um, health challenges. So it's just an honor and a blessing when medical doctors are open to practicing Ayurveda in their own life first and then uh, offering it to their own patients. So please check it out. Um, why did this come? So now I'm uh, open to questions. Please let me know if you have any questions. I do see some chat here. My question is about bowel movement. How do you make the bowel movement to happen fast in the hoo hoo? Yes, that is one of the <laughs> most popular questions here in the West. Um, it, the simple answer is you have to eat the right amount of soluble and insoluble fiber and foods to your body constitution. Don, Donatella, are you there? Yes. Can you come on the video or something? So that is not the I don't have a remote control everybody says you know I'm, I'm adopting more and more daily routine in the dinner charia right so but I cannot get up and my body's too much asleep to have a bowel movement I usually have my bowel movement after breakfast right so and I don't know I I, I can sit there and nothing is gonna happen or I don't know how long you're gonna have to sit there I just I don't have a the urge to go first thing. Yeah, see what Ayurveda, classical Ayurveda is what I um, practice and preach is the healthy digestive system will have a healthy excretory system and obviously before that healthy assimilation system. So ideally there is a time when you have to have your bowel movements immediately after you get up. In my own case, I have before I brush my teeth. So when I have the pressure to go before I brush my teeth, I know I've had a good diet the previous day. Sometimes life happens. I practice honestly anywhere from 80 to 90% of what the Ayurveda wants me to do. But with this quarantine and all with the different time zones and work schedules, sometimes I don't eat the foods I want to eat. I can see sometimes I go to the bowel movement at like 10 in the morning and that makes my... I can already see my mood getting crappy because I'm used to going every day before even brushing my teeth. So to answer your question, it is not easy to do this. I have to see what your lifestyle is that is harming you. But the I body is designed to go 
first thing in the morning. It is not that we have to teach it. That's the default nature. But we don't do what is meant to be done for our constitution and we kind of fall into this imbalance. But I just did a cleanse. So I actually, for the first time, I did uh, it, uh, like I just finished it 21 days. I did seven days of eliminating the food. I don't even eat that bad ever anyway. But then I did seven days of kitchery, which has been my longest time. And I actually did breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? And then I was actually almost done with kitchery. I just wanted anything, anything but kitchery anymore. But uh, I did that. So why then? And then I did. The That's first- the problem. You, you, what I always tell when I have my clients is having kitchery for breakfast, lunch, dinner itself is not good for Vata Dosha. I would never put anyone in that rigorous regime. So when you read books, it is written with a certain context. It is really just black and white. I always say there's life happens in the gray area have life happens in those gray colors we don't have black and white if it had symptoms that were written in the book as exactly as that way then life would have been very simple too much fiber also will constrict and create bloating and constipation for vata in all these three doshas if you were to ask me who should eat the highest fiber and who should eat the lowest i would say vata should not eat the highest fiber Some of my clients used to have steel-cut oats for breakfast, and that is really bad for Vata-dominant people. Yes, it is nutritious. It has a lot of fiber. It has all that husk and everything. I get it. But you cannot digest steel-cut oats. So if you can't digest that food, it will become toxic to you. Mm. So that's why I'm saying it's not black and white. We have to know your constitution get to know you, see your lifestyle, what is it that is making, it might be too much water also, it might be lack of water, it might be eating too much legumes, too much legumes create constipation and vata, legumes are the best friend for kapha dosha, not for vata dosha. (laughs) So we are almost, I'm just taking questions, I hope people can remain, I know we are like 2.48 now, but if you have questions, please ask me. I can stay here for another 10 minutes. Um, Does that make sense? It's like there are many factors that will contribute. It's not like you have eaten kichri, why am I not having bowel system? It's not that simple. How you make kichri, if you put a lot of mung beans in it, that's not good for vata dosha. And if you have put a lot of cruciferous veggies like cauliflower, broccoli, that is also not good for vata. So, there are many factors. So for me to tell you, what did you do? is like, I need to know what you've done. to yeah. I, You don't do it just out of the book. I did a workshop with uh, an Avada Ayurvedic practitioner, that, a teacher that um, suggested. And just um, in the past, I did do other online, right? That, um, But I only did the cleanse for four days. Uh, and I had, I, I, I have my vegetables that I add are sweet potatoes because I like the sweet taste uh, and maybe turnip or I did the sweet potato. I always do sweet potatoes and another vegetables like, like a turnip or something like, you know, potato style, right? So, or leeks. So, but in the past I have done another brand with some herbs and this time I did it from Banyan Botanical. This lady didn't give me anything. Well, she gave me some uh, power, lymphocyst uh, things uh, to take in the morning. 
But then I got, uh, she said, okay, to take something that from Banyan Botanical, and it turned out to be too drying for Vata. Uh-huh. So that's what I'm saying. It should not be drying. Yeah. Yeah. It was too dry. But I didn't know. And then I did for the first time, I did a a castor oil, two tablespoons of castor oil. Oh my God. That was terrible. And the next day, I never vomit the next day that I had castor oil. Yeah. Too much fiber. I had something too much because it was Easter. I had a, like a bran muffin, very little sweet, but it was, I vomited. I never vomit. I mean, I'm like, oh my God. And I felt nauseous. I usually like sweet and I right. usually like um, oatmeal, warm. I like warm anyway. So warm oatmeal in the morning. And I felt like I'm having, um, I was nauseous the entire week, nauseous. I want, in fact, in the end, I had rice with cumin and turmeric. Because right. I didn't know what to have for breakfast. I didn't like anything. Right, and right. Uh, is there any questions from someone, anyone else? I, mean, I know, sorry. No, I'll, that's okay. I'm just asking because there are nine people still. Um, just wanted to see if anyone wants to ask questions. You can email me. I can help you more. Yeah. So yeah. that would work as well. So anyone else has any questions, please speak up or you can chat. I would like to email you, Georgia. Okay, that's good. Yeah. I have uh, a question. I don't know if you can hear me or not. Um, Yeah, I can hear you, Lulu. Yes. Um, Last night, I broke out into a a pretty radical case of hives. Last night? Yes. I have a lot of food allergies, but I haven't had any hives lately and i think it might have been a, a histamine sort of overload type thing just uh because the things i had eaten or done before i eat I, i've eaten over the past several weeks and it hasn't bothered me but i think maybe i've overdone it and i was wondering um if you had any kind of ideas of what would because i'm afraid to eat anything now really you said I, hives right it was hives, yes. See, hives is generally an inflammation of pitta. Yeah. Okay. okay. So your fire element is increased in your um, skin. And that skin ah. is basically uh, triggered by your liver. Gotcha. And then liver is triggered by the digestion. <laughs> right. So you have to look into the layers where the root causes. Yes. But it is definitely a pitta inflammation. You have to start pacifying pitta by eating foods that are energetically cooling and also making sure uh, the pitta in the mind is also relaxed, like stay away from all the negative news, you know, all the things happening around. Uh, If you're worrying a lot during this time, because it's really tough for everyone, um, Mm -hmm. that can also create imbalance in pitta and get hives and rashes and itching. It's very, very normal to get skin issues when we get nervous when we don't know the unknown you know the future is so nobody knows what is going to happen because this is the first time we are facing as a humanity all over the world it is it's terrifying uncertainty but it is definitely to do with pitta though so you have to incorporate a pitta pacifying lifestyle i'll 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 research that and i um uh, I may uh, I'll check out your website too. And, yeah, please do. There's quite information, and also follow my podcast. I do a lot of Ayurveda articles on podcast as well. 
uh, okay. so that people can get to know, especially the Vata Dosha people, I would encourage you oh. to do it. Thank and, you so much. Thank you. Thank you for uh, joining. Any other questions before we uh, end here? There's a chat coming. Uh, my experience lately has been a Vata imbalance yesterday and a Pitta imbalance today and it keeps shifting. But do you have any uh, tips? Um, okay, it can be. I mean, you can have a Vata. You, it feels like a Vata imbalance one day. It feels like a Pitta imbalance the other way. As I said, we are really in a stressful period and that will affect our body and mind. Um, it is tricky. I mean, it's tricky to let you know how to balance Vata and Pitta right uh, now without knowing your lifestyle. But uh, with experience, you can effectively balance Pitta and Vata. So you can reach out to me by email and I can let you know because without knowing what your lifestyle is, your eating habits, how your mental constitution is, I can't pinpoint and tell you do this and Vata will balance and do this and Pitta will balance because it's very tricky to balance Vata and Pitta, but it can be done. So any other questions before we end the session? Thank you again. I just want to end with my monkey-headed God here. We need it. Thank you. Thank we all you. have... Uh, <laughs> lot of things running in our mind with all the stuff happening outside so i just mm -hmm. see one more chat here and that is jai hanuman perfect thank you thank you jai hanuman yes <laughs> jai 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 hanuman <laughs> yeah jai jai hanuman thank you again all of you be safe and please reach out to me by my email if you have any questions and if you would love to attend other satsangas let me know. I am doing this weekly on Saturdays during this pandemic. So again, thank you and namaste. Namaste. Thank you, Akshata. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Om Shanti Shanti Shanti